Welcome to The Elish Folk, a podcast that answers questions about the English language. I'm Amanda, and with me is my mellifluous co-host Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello, Amanda. Is mellifluous a good word, or is it another insult? <laughs> it's a good word this time. It is a sound that is sweet and smooth, pleasing to hear. Mellifluous, like melodious? Yes, but it comes from late Latin, mellifluous, flowing, or as with honey. Flowing as with honey. So a sound that sounds like the texture of honey. You know, sweet, honey, sweet. Bees like it, everyone likes it. And, uh, you know, vegans consider honey uh, bee vomit. No, do they? In a good way? No, I think in a bad way. You know... Someone who only eats honey might be called a, a vegan, not a vegan. Oh, oh okay. It's so good. <laughs> it won't get better so than that. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately not. Well, do we have a question of the day today? We do. Today's question comes from Gian. And the question is, is a door key related to a musical key? Oh, that's a good one. Isn't is a it? door key related to a musical key? Well, let's see if we can find an answer for it. Okay. Well, I think the best place to start here is, a, is with a few definitions of key, so we know what we're talking about, right? So... I think Gian is talking about a key for opening locks, right? So our, yes. our prototype key. And a key, the main note in a musical scale or the lowest note in a musical scale. Uh, and I've got here the note upon which a musical scale is built. The key note. Okay, the notes upon which a musical scale is built. Good. Yeah. So um, when I think of that definition, I'm kind of thinking like um, the key to a problem in a sense, like you're getting some information about how to read something like um, a map key. Ah, right. Okay. So that is also uh, connected to the first definition. So unlocking or opening up a problem, you need a key. So the key to this problem or um, the most important uh aspect of something the key something that's important or crucial uh, a key move in like a game of chess that move that that changes the game mm-hmm. um, or a keystone if you're building a bridge the keystone is the stone that holds the whole thing together uh-huh. yes so it's the key it's most important it's the the way of opening something up or making something possible and that's related to the first definition opening a lock all right other keys that we shouldn't get confused with here right so a key is also a low island like the florida keys i was just gonna say that the florida keys yes yeah and this is completely different and so we don't get caught up with this this is from a spanish spanish word cayo which means shoal or reef or low island so this comes from spanish But the keys we're talking about today do not, Um, even though it's spelt the same. I'm wondering, though, Q-U-A-Y is pronounced key. Yeah, so key like a wharf or a platform by a river or by the sea where you tie up your boats uh, or ships 
for loading and unloading or taking on passengers. Yeah, key. But I wonder how it got the spelling Q-U-A. Is that from the French? It absolutely is from the French, yes. So the original spelling would have been with a K or a C, um, and that would have been in Middle English. But then, uh, and that comes from the French word, which means the same thing. But then modern French uses Q-U-A-I for the same word. Uh So uh, old Northern French was C-A-I, key. And modern French, Q-U-A-Y. And so that led to a change in modern English spelling to Q-U-A-Y to match the French. Because French kind of dictates a lot of English spelling. So we have a key, an instrument for opening locks, and then we have key, a low island. So what's... Uh, That gives us four different definitions, right? Um, Key, opening locks, or related to that, solving a problem. Um, Okay. And... From that, something that's very important. And then we've got the musical uh, note, so the key note in a musical scale. Then we've got Low Island, Florida Keys. We've got Key or a Wharf, where we tie up our boats. But the last two, Low Island and Wharf, that's not related to what we're talking about today. Okay. So they come from um, Spanish and French. But wait, you can key a car. So... Keying a car where you hate your neighbour who always takes your parking space, so you drag your car key across their car. Yeah. Sounds like you have some experience doing that, David. Well, I've never done it. I have seen it in a movie. Mm -hmm. All right. So the two keys we're looking at then, key as in door key and key as in a musical key, are they related? And the answer I thought would be simple, but it's a little bit more uh, interesting. Than I thought. Of course, as English always is. Yeah, usually. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So key is a, a instrument for opening locks. This probably comes from, and this, the, the origin is sort of unclear because it's been in the language for so long. It's a little unclear exactly where it comes from. But it's probably from uh, Frisian, which is the language which is most closely related to English. It's kind of in between uh, English and, and Dutch, right? So this key word from uh, the old Germanic languages meant um, crooked or bent or twisted. And a key a long time ago would have been for a different kind of door. And it would have been kind of a peg with a twisted end. And so it was the name referred to the twist in, in the peg that was used as a key. So key comes from a Germanic word that meant like twist or bent or crooked and this is common in north germanic languages like frisian i mean when you think about a key i mean nowadays they're not you know they're flat but you know when i i do i have seen um you know skeleton keys that do have some kind of i don't i don't want to say sphere (laughs) spherical shape but uh i don't know a rounded shape to the end I don't know. They're bent. Yeah. I mean, I think of somebody picking a lock, you know, you put a hairpin in and I don't know. So I can see the shape of that. I can kind of imagine in my mind. All right. So the doors that people had for their houses, um, maybe, I don't know, a thousand years ago or more, they would have been really different to the doors we have now. They would have had a different, uh, the lock mechanism would have been different. And so the key would have been different. So wedged in place with a peg that you have to twist out of place kind of makes sense. 
No, I, I remember reading somewhere too that a long time ago, the spaces in the doors where now we have a a lock and a doorknob, it wasn't really to keep people out. It was just a small area where the people could wedge through that would prevent the cows or the goats from actually going into the house. Right. So it was, yeah, about making it practical and it wasn't as much about security so you didn't have a lock mechanism that we would have now because yeah this it was kind of advanced technology but the key was yeah to keep the door closed enough to let people in or closed enough to keep the window yeah. um to keep the elements out and it was just keeping the door in place and that's what the key did and so you twisted it to keep it secure and so this key sound was uh, related to anything that was twisted or bent. Now there's an old uh, saying or an old phrase, which is still, I think, used in Scots English, which is key legged, which means like twisted legs, or we might say mm. knock kneed, crooked legs. Yeah, knock kneed. I haven't heard key leg, but knock kneed for sure. So what would have happened over time, like you said, with other keys, maybe the Scandinavians came to England and they brought different kinds of keys and maybe more advanced lock technology. And over time, the locks were used more for security and the technology changed and the key changed shape uh, as well. So then it became a thing that you carried with you and had teeth to fit a specific lock. Uh, and now, like my car key is just a button that I press <laughs> and it unlocks yeah. the car. And yeah, there's no key to turn the ignition anymore, but I still call it a key. Yeah. I couldn't key a car with no, it. No, you couldn't. Uh, so there's some confusion over the uh, origin of key. So what I've said there is not 100% certain, but it seems to make sense. Uh, it seems to fit the word meanings. Uh, other people in the past, like scholars in the past, tried to tie the uh, origin of key to the Latin word clavis, uh, C-L-A-V-I-S, which means key in Latin. But there seems to be no connection, direct connection between these. And then there's other words. So there's the Welsh word uh, cow, I think, which is means close or to clasp something. And even key in French, um, which I think means to close, right? Q-U-A-Y. Or C-L-E is key in French. Clé, accent aigu. Okay. The, and what was the word in French? Clé. C-L-E and it has, I believe, accent aigu. Yeah. So this is related to the Latin. So Latin clavis, French clé, which is related to mm -hmm. clef, which we'll talk about a bit later. But English seems to not be related to these. And so old scholars in the past tried to tie these together. But I think the origin of these words is also a bit unclear. And... There's an article by uh, Anatoly Lieberman, the linguist and historian, and he describes a kind of rule he has where it's, you should never try to find one word's history using another word with an unclear <laughs> history, basically. And also you can't just look at the beginning of words and because they have similar pronunciations and or spelling, try to connect them in some way. Yes. Because what about the word clavicle? Now, does that come from... The Latin too? Clavis, is that what you said? 
So I'm wondering, is clavicle from that? Or is that just what that uh, Mr. Lieberman said, that you can't just take these two words and try to make them be related somehow? No, because body parts are often uh, named after like the Latin form, right? So in some cases, they can. So clavicle, meaning small key, coming from Latin uh, clavicala. It um, is related. So yes, the collarbone is related to the, that does get the name from I the wonder Latin, if that's yes. just because it's kind of, it goes across and it's kind of broad, like the end of the key, not where the teeth are, but maybe if the place where you would slip. Um... Maybe, I, I think it's more likely that it, the clavicle connects to the shoulder. It's like a fastener of the shoulder. So it's probably from that. This is the key to keeping your your shoulder or your arm in hmm. place. So what about a musical key? Yeah, the lowest note in a musical scale. So the, the key of A, all of the notes in that key come back to a so you'd build you'd build a scale starting with a and then there are different types of scale but it would be a the key of a because a is the note that everything comes back to so you probably start and finish your music on a see i've never studied music before when i was younger i took some piano and violin lessons but nothing after the age of 10. Uh, all right, so if you play guitar, right, you make a chord, and if you make the chord A, then you're holding down three of the six strings. And if you play open strings, you play five open strings, you leave one string that low E, you don't play, but the others you do play, and all those individual notes that you play all are in the key of A, right? So all the notes aren't A, but the bass note, the lowest note that you play, which is the second string, that is A. And then everything else is in the key of A, and it makes an A chord. My mind hurts. <laughs> okay. So so where does this come from, though? And that's, uh, that's sort of interesting. Yes, where does it come from, Dave? So this will have been a lot more recent than key as, a, as in a door key, because people didn't study music formally a long time ago in, in England. But modern more modern uh, musical theory comes from latin and to an extent i think french so let's say in the 15th century education would have been taught in uh, largely in latin and music would have been part of that so if you were rich enough to have an education you learn music and you learn formally and it would have been tied to the church as well with religious music this in this case key does come from the Latin key, and it's just a direct translation. Clavis in Latin is key in English, and originally they'd have used the Latin word mm. clavis to talk about a key, but then that would have just been translated into English key, right? So it doesn't come from the English word key. It comes from Latin, but still ends up with the word key. Cool. Yeah, so our door key comes from uh, Germanic, and our music key comes from Latin. Interesting. Yeah. Now, another connected thing here is when you're reading music, you have at the start of the piece of music a clef, which tells you the, the um, 
how the notes mm-hmm. should sound, right? It tells you the pitch of the notes. And clef comes from French, as you said, right? Clef is the old French word for key coming from Latin clavis. Uh-huh. All right. So what about uh, key as in keys that you press, a key, keys on a computer, but the function of pressing those keys is tied to the function of pressing keys on a piano. And of course, we can see how a key on a piano is related to the note that you're playing. And it's just you maybe key the note. Yes. So you press the key and the key just comes from that. And then that's related also to keyboard. Uh, yes, the board with yeah. the keys. Yeah. And so pianos have a keyboard and now computers have a keyboard. Yeah. So for pianos and uh, organs, I suppose, that um, using your fingers to press keys to play notes, that would have been from the 1500s. And instruments, other instruments like wind instruments get keys or use the word key from about the 1700s. And then from the 1800s, there were typing uh, instruments like typewriters or... Uh, yeah, that would have been the 1800s. So the question of the episode was, yeah. are they related or how are they related? Gian asked, are they related or what? what is the connection between them? And I guess the connection is the word is the same and it refers to the same thing, but it comes from two different places. So we get the Germanic origin for one key, the door key, and that's much, much older. And then we get the Latin origin for the music key, but both keys originally meant the same thing. Cool. So 38 minutes later, you have your answer. But some of that was uh, stupid <laughs> stories. <laughs> I know. So a lot of that will not make the cut. All right. Now, what about other music words since we're I here? I think, yeah. Do we have any other music That's words? That's a good place to go to. And I just want to say that when I was doing research, I spent a lot of time and the majority of musical words, especially terms, come from Italian and then the second most frequent language that musical words come from is German. Yeah. Let's start with the first word. Well, should we start with music? If we're talking musical terms? That's what I was going to recommend. You read my mind. Yes. I wonder how that happened. So do we have an origin for the word music? Would you like me to tell it to you? Yeah. That's fantastic. All right. So... Music came from the Middle French musique, which came from the Latin musica, which came from the Greek musikos. The Greek word for music referred to any of the arts that were uh, represented by Zeus's nine daughters, and they were called the muses. Ah, so when we talk about an artistic muse then that's related to zeus's daughters and it's connected to music as an art right. yeah wow so then greek to latin yes to french yeah to english good do you have one yeah all right so the next the next one i think that makes sense to talk about is melody and this also goes back to greek and they had a word melos uh, which was song and they also had aoden, which meant to sing. So melos aoden meant sing a song. Cool. And you combine these melodia and sing a song. And this just became the word for music. And then we've got it transfers again through Latin and then French. French is 
Melody, uh, M-E-L-O-D-I-E in Old French, and then to English as Melody, M-E-L-O-D-Y. And that was around the 1200s. That's really cool. So those two Greek words combined together to form the melodia. Yes. Yeah. Melos sing, eoden, to sing. Now, have have you ever played that instrument, the melodian? It's like a little keyboard with a, like a, I don't know how to describe it, um, like a, a, a plastic pipe with maybe a reed and you kind of blow into it and then play the, uh, the keyboard part? No, but I did work in a, a school where the kids had to learn the melodian. And these kids, it was great, they learned a lot of instruments, but they had a melodian orchestra. I don't know if that's the term you would use, but... They all like to play the melodians, and <laughs> I thought it was one of those party instruments you just use because it's sort of ridiculous, a piano that you blow, but it sounded, when they were all together, it sounded quite good. <laughs> Have you played one? The melodian. No, but <clears throat> when I was in elementary school, I was in the recorder club because <laughs> <it's, laughs> it is the most shrill tooting sound. Anyway. So we've got two down. Okay. Do you have another word? I do. I do. How about psalm? Psalm like a uh, psalm that you find in the Bible? Yes. Spelled P-S-A-R-L-M. What? P-S-A-L-M. Yeah, two silent letters. Psalm. Would you say the L? Mm, would I? Psalm. No, I would not. Okay. I would not. That would be psalm. Psalm. <laughs> so where does this come from? Psalm comes from an old Greek verb, meaning to pluck a stringed instrument, and that evolved into psalmos, which meant something like the sound of a harp. So when you're thinking of a harp, the fingers are plucking that instrument, and that became psalmos. And then it became just to mean a song, and especially one from the Jewish tradition um, that was very sacred, that was very uh, revered, and something related to, I don't know what I was going to say, but an example would be the Psalms of King David. So, when we, yeah, when we think of Psalms, we think of the biblical Psalms played by King David. Yeah, done. Do you have one? So we've got the word chord, spelt C-H-O-R-D. And this comes from Middle English, and it would have been spelt C-O-R-D, which is more logical. Um, and it comes from the word accord, which means in accordance with, like together with. And when you play a chord, you play lots of notes together. They are in accord. They are together as one. Um, so this would have been around the 1500s. Uh, so they shortened the word accord to chord. And then the H would have been introduced sometime later, C-H-O-R-D, to make the modern spelling, um, probably because it looked more academic and there are other words with H in them, like chorus. So oh. maybe it's just to match that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see when that H came in there. Cool. If you go back to our silent letters episode, you can kind of find out the uh, meanings of why certain letters were silenced yeah yes we could do an update to that as well we can uh, talk about more silent letters that we don't cover in that episode we could yeah revisit the topic sounds good do you have another another word yeah i have 
another word that I can kind of bang on. How about the word drum? This is a short entry. Drum comes from the Middle Dutch word trom, which is kind of supposed to be like an automatopoeia. You know, you're banging this drum, trom, drum, drum, drum. And then as you hear the trom, you can kind of get back to the drum. Trom, trom, drum, drum, drum. And okay. it became the English word drum as a noun in around the early 1500s. And it's from Dutch. Okay. Yeah, so a Germanic root rather than a Latin root, which makes it a little different, or not even a Greek root, a little different to the other words. So I'm going to give you some musical terms because, you know, I love to quiz you and stump you and I'll, uh, and you give me the definition. So I'll start with an easy one first. How about a cappella? A cappella. So a is without, uh, and that's probably means like without accompaniment. So it's just singing without music. Excellent. Very good. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. How about... Coda. Coda. Ah, so that's something I've seen in music, but I'm not sure what it refers to. Coda. Is that like the main uh, chorus or the main uh, riff in the music? The closing section of a movement. Ah, okay. The closing section, the coda. Okay. Um, how about um, espressivo? Espressivo. Um, now... I'll give you a hint. Yeah. It's a direction to do something. Uh, I think it probably means uh, espressivo. Maybe it means play freestyle, express yourself. Very good. To a direction to play expressively. Okay. Um, now, this is something that we see somewhat often in popular, popular music, a falsetto. Falsetto is when you hit, High notes. Mamma mia, mamma mia. Mamma mia, <laughs> love me. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, forcing your voice into a higher register. Excellent. Very good. Oh, I'm going to give you a hard one now because you're just getting this. Okay. Partita. Partita. Okay. Partita. Partita. Um, <laughs> maybe it means to separate. So maybe this is um, one instrument in an orchestra would play this alone. No. This is a suit of Baroque dances. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Obscure, but yes. okay. You may have heard this in um, Alice the Wonderland. What is a quadrille? Now, in Alice in Wonderland, it was a lobster quadrille. But do you remember what a quadrille is? Quadrille. Um, I can't even remember it from Alice in Wonderland. But quad is four. So a quadrille means yes. maybe four performers at once, four singers. Well, it's a 19th century square dance written for four couplets. So you were kind of half on there. Okay. Requiem. 
Uh, Requiem is an evocative piece of music, right? For the? Um, hmm, hang on, Requiem. So I know the movie Requiem for a Dream. Yes. What happened to Harry in the end? I can't remember the names of the characters. Did he lose his arm? Is Requiem like only having uh, one arm? Uh, <laughs> okay, now I think it's, no, I think Requiem comes, it's to do with memory, right? It's um, a dirge, hymn, or musical service for the repose of the dead. Ah, right. Okay, so I would have thought you play it at somebody's funeral or something. So I thought, yeah, you remember. Yes, they are played. There. Oh, okay. Um, We're going to have a guest, a guest pronunciation. Now, I'm going to have my husband tune in here to give you a special word. Do you know what this word means, Dave? Hemi demi semi quaver. Uh, hemi demi semi quaver. Uh, it's, uh, I know that it's to do with chopping up a note into tiny pieces. So it's probably a really, really, really short note a boop, like a tiny fraction of a note a, a 16th or a, a 32nd or something a 64th note 64th note a hemi semi hemi demi semi quaver damn girl so i think you compound that word from right to left right so you've got your quaver and then you have a semi quaver and then a demi and then a yeah hemi demi semi quaver so you couldn't just have a hemi quaver I think you have to build up to it. Wow, but I, this is trying to remember stuff from elementary school when I played the recorder. No, I did not learn this when I played the recorder. Should we wrap it up? I think we probably should. Now, Baroque, you said Baroque, and uh, I think we should probably just define that a little bit because uh, okay. Baroque dance dances. So Baroque meaning the artistic style of like the 17th and 18th century, um, yes. And it was all kinds of art, like so design and uh, or uh, painting and music. And um, it would include composers like Handel, Bach. Yeah, Vivaldi. Yeah. All right. So we've covered a few things today. Keys and music. Yeah, lots of good musical terms. Well, thanks for tuning in and listening to us today, even though you're not tuning in. I just like to say that because... Sounds kind of cool, and that's what you would say for a radio show. And if you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends and uh, you know family members and anyone you like or don't like <laughs> about the show. Yes, and don't forget to check out our Facebook page. We have a lot of good things that we're sharing, and you can get all of our episodes. And we also have a Twitter account. You can search The Owlish Folk. Bye! Thanks to Justin for the music, New Media for the artwork, and a big high five to Jeff at Central Sound and Picture. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell your friends and subscribe. You can contact us on Facebook and Twitter at The Owlish Folk. Send us questions or comments to theowlishfolk at gmail.com. <laughs>